podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. The boys are back in Blitz Month, continues on in, honestly, I think this show has been what we have called the end of off-season show. Uh, We're still going to have a handful more shows for you guys this week that will be uh, kind of outside of the norm, but Wednesday, the first ever, or I guess not first ever, the 2021 First game preview, K-State Sanford, Grant and I are back on the mics. We will be breaking down that game. And, hey, guess what? Pick'em is back, and we're going to be keeping track, and the Boneheads are back in the game. So go over to the Bosco's Boys account, find the thread that has all those games, make sure to get your vote in. Then the Friday show will be the Spotify Green Room Live show. We're going live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. They're our sponsors. We love them. Talk to us every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Or get your own show going boneheads after dark send me the audio file we might even publish it uh so that that'll be our schedule moving forward but we still will have a couple uh really fun shows for you to finish out blitz month and again uh on behalf of grant you know in the art 19 era which means nothing to any of you uh this is our most downloaded month ever so we uh, we love you boneheads we appreciate it um, but, uh, you know, it's time for our prediction show. I made Grant not give his predictions on the last live show, and we might talk about that live show a little bit later, um, but it's time to get on the record. Grant, um, we've done it. We've made it through another offseason. This was our fourth offseason that we have made it through. Um, how good does it feel to be in game week? feels amazing. I can't believe it's game week. I can't believe that, man, the pandemic, although – that's something that's still going on, but actually ready um, for a hot take. Like, and I, I understand that for you, especially in your profession, the pandemic's not over, but at least from how I live my day-to-day life outside of like a couple cities having mask mandates, it's like over whether or not yeah. people should or shouldn't be um, very selfishly because me and my family are vaccinated and haven't had to deal with any scary breakthrough cases. I'm very happy with the state of the world. I know you're in a completely different, point of view but i i mean i'm i'm like it's normal we're we're gonna see a sellout on september 11th uh in bill snyder family stadium it's like that will be even more than those sellout soccer games i've been to it really will be like okay the world is back whether or not it should or shouldn't be at this point well we could argue you know whether to what degree the pandemic is still going for everyone but um it certainly now has a different feeling than it did last year at this time. Um, it feels like we got through it and we got through what was a totally different season type of season, the COVID year. And now we are hopefully fingers crossed looking at what looks like a normal season and we are going to have full capacity at this point in time. Um, so it's exciting. I can't believe it's just crazy. Like the last 18 months has been 
has went gone very, very quickly. Um, and this off season went really quickly. This last month went really quickly. I can't believe you got me. You convinced me to do blitz month, um, with a Actually, baby. Time out, time out. In, I, I want to give you a little bit of credit because you on that first, like right before, like at the back end of July, you're like, all right, what are we doing? And I said, Hey, like, you know, if, if we want to go for it, let's go for blitz month. I mean, you, I think you were the one who finally, who said, fuck it, let's do it. It Granted, is crazy in hindsight. Cause I just remember, I mean, I'm, it's crazy. I'm busy as fuck all the time. And I remember, you know, four and a half months ago before Jack was born, just thinking, how am I going to find time to do this podcast? And here we are after blitz months doing an episode almost every day. I did basically three episodes a week of some type and it was, it worked out and here we are. And now we're in game week and it's exciting. I'm very excited to go to Dallas. I, I'm buzzing. I've been buzzing all last week and we're here. It's Monday game week. Let's fucking go. It is. And then if anyone wants to go back, I mean, I would say, Hey, I, I know exactly how I'm going to feel all week. I'm going to want as much K-State mm. content as possible those Blitzweek shows honestly are pretty evergreen. The only difference uh, in, you know, Blitzweek at the beginning of August versus now is things were a little bit more pessimistic when it comes to uh, what conference we're going to be in next year. And we might have a uh, kind of what's next for the Big 12 episode coming out tomorrow or Thursday, a little bit to be determined. But um that's the only thing. Every every other show, you know, you know the Blitzweek questions by now. People are giving their predictions of who's going to be MVP, uh, record predictions. It's evergreen. So if you missed any of those shows, go back and listen to them this week because uh, if you guys are anything like us, you're going to be jonesing for all the content all week. I Yeah, I agree. And I was thinking to myself the other day, you know, if we beat Stanford and that Sunday drive home, I hope that they're – I'm can. i going to be like – scrounging to find any obscure K-State podcast that may have dropped on <laughs> Sunday, which probably won't happen because we don't even know what the hell we're going to do. But that drive home, I'm going to be buzzing after we do beat Stanford. Let's just write it into the stars and we'll get to that. But uh, it's just, it feels good to be back. I haven't, I haven't been this excited for a season in a long time. And I think I'm more excited than I was for 2019, just with Ooh. all of the outside variables that have happened um and i think we're better than i think we're gonna be better than we were in 2019 so i'm excited i just i'm i'm gonna cherish this season everything about it um because shit it can be taken away very quickly um whether it's from a virus or being on the outside looking in from a weird or yes personally you could die so um i'm excited Highs and lows. I'm ready to take this season on in full stride. And um, let's get into it. Yeah, this is one of my favorite shows every single year since we started doing it, the Bosco's Voice Prediction Show. Um, some of them have been like more robust. I like how it lined up. Again, the saga of me losing everything that I saved on my work laptop on my desktop continues to haunt me because. I had to come up with this one from scratch because I couldn't find the old ones. I'm going to have to try to find the old game preview, game review episodes because those were always shells. I wonder if I have. I might I have think, one. Honestly, I'll probably have them in my Gmail sent folder. Definitely. Um, so 
it'll be okay. But I was so excited. I actually, I was going to wait until September 1st this year because I think last year I started on August 1st. But I was so excited. I had to go out and I got a Schlafly's six pack of pumpkin ale. So this this episode basically was like, okay, it is fall. It is football season. It got me to have my first pumpkin of the year. Hashtag pumpkin boy. I'm two weeks ahead of you in that regard, Um, but I haven't had a Schlafly's yet. I couldn't find it. So I had to settle for a shitty Sam Adams and probably last on my pumpkin tier beer. But after like the second one or after the first one, I really got into it. The second one was a little bit better, Um, but it's just not quite. It's, it's too hot. It's still too hot. I need it. I need the temperature to drop about 20 degrees for me to really hit that Oktoberfest pumpkin beer stride. But damn, I can't wait. Yeah. I'm jealous that you have the Schlafly because that is oh, it, I mean, so just, fucking good. It's so good. And then the liquor store I went into, I, I passed it like a million times. I couldn't find it, but there it was. They also had the O'Fallon's, which I'm staying away from O'Fallon's after last year. Cause I had a <laughs> lot of O'Fallon's and then like a pumpkin chai ale i don't know if that's sounds, gonna be any good um but i got good. a six pack of that in cans and they're cooling off but let's get into it um again we're sponsored by spotify green room going live every wednesday it's not just us there are other fans other content creators other journalists going live all the time download it and join the show um again i i think at some point we have to talk about the boneheads prediction episode and i don't have good news for those who want to listen to that well, let's get into it. it we, we filibuster enough. I'm pumped for this. It is the Bosco's Boys Prediction Show. The very first one I have on here is over under 3,000 total yards for Skyler. That is passing and rushing combined. 2019 was his best year. He had 2,720. Will he go over 3,000 this year? I have him over. Um, and – did you say over under on the touchdowns yet? So that'll be next. Okay. So, you, you see a. Let's one just roll into it. Um, well, if if that's okay. Yeah, you, if, that, if that's going to help you answer yours. You go ahead. I guess it. I guess it doesn't really matter. I'll just say over um, on both, and then you can touch then, on the the touchdown scored. But um, yeah, I just think the number I have for touchdown scores scored is twenty five and a half. So and twenty nineteen, he had twenty three. So I think. I have over on both. I think Skylar's do for a big year. Um, you know, a lot of that's going to come down to the wide receiver core, how they're performing. Um, and though it's unproven at this time, I think generally we have more weapons at the wide receiver position than we did in 2019. You know, Dalton Schoen did a decent job leading the receiver room as a senior, but I expect a bigger year from Malik Knowles. And, um, you know, if you look at it, it's really a lot of the same supporting cast um as it was in 2019 they're just more experienced with the possibility of now some new young players like Howell and Garber stepping up and contributing and then I think the tight end room is again it's a lot of the same faces that we had in 2019 but now they're more experienced they've been in the system more and then we've got a guy like Amater Bebe who could legitimately be the most talented tight end we may have had ever at K-State I don't know um and Skyler's in his sixth year He's going to know the offense better than ever. He's going to have best in-game experience that uh, of his career. So I, I feel really good about Skyler. Okay, so here's my question to you before I get to my predictions. Which one are you more confident in? Skyler Thompson going over 3,000 total yards, again, rushing and passing, or over the 25 and a half touchdowns 
uh, that includes rushing and passing. Which one are you I'm, more confident? I'm, I'm more confident in the touchdown total. Um, just with how this offense kind of functions, um, we like to run the ball a lot. Um, but also, I don't know. I, I still feel a little bit more comfortable with the touchdowns. Um, I, I can't remember. What did he had? I tweeted, tweeted this out in 2019. So he had 23 total. Um, I want to say he had 12 passing touchdowns and five picks that year in 2019. And so that leaves him with what 11 rushing touchdowns. Um, I don't know how much he's going to run by design this year. Um, but you know, he's kind of an instinctive runner anyways, and he knows when to run and he's a good runner. So I'll put him, I'll put him over. I'll put him over. Yeah. So I have him over the 3000 total yards. Originally, I was going to take the under on total touchdowns because I think some of the vibes I got from the coaching staff was, okay, they want to protect him. Um, And then it's like, okay, are they really going to be running him in, you know, inside the 15? Then I just kind of remembered some of these iconic Skylar Thompson plays. And he is at his best in the red zone where it's okay. He tucks it and runs or he makes the right call on a read option, or he scrambles on a pass, or he just keeps a play alive and gets that touchdown. And again, because I think people will pick it up coming from me as we go through this prediction episode, I think this is the most confident and excited, maybe not excited, but the most confident I've been in the team since we've done this podcast. So I, I think folks are going to be saying I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a bit. So I'm, I'm going to go over on yards, over on touchdowns. I'm more confident in yards and touchdowns, but uh, I don't know, man. I just, I just think Skyler doesn't come back if he doesn't like feel this, like need this urge to come back. And I think like he might have like a couple five touchdown games, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Stanford, he, you know, throws for three and rushes for two, you know, uh, I, I just no, – nothing would surprise me. So um, that's what I'm going with. So we're both going with – I agree. I mean, there. it looks like in, in 2020 he had – how many touchdowns? He had seven total touchdowns, three rushing, four receipt, four passing, and no picks. And that was only what – he played three total games before he got two knocked and out. A half, not even so two and a half. I feel pretty good about it. And I thought he was looking – very sharp in those first three games and people will laugh at that because we lost Arkansas state, but he did more than enough to win that game. Um, I mean, he wasn't perfect, but he was fine. And uh, I feel great about it. And I agree. Both of us are going to be drinking the Kool-Aid hard. Uh, this yeah, let, might be let, a, let's not, a serious. Uh, oh, this is going to be our most Homer show. I think for fa- a fan podcast, I think we do a pretty good job being realistic. And I, and I don't think anything – I actually, I take it back. When we get to the end of the show, I think I, – I don't think there's any part of me that can say it isn't realistic. But I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, just, I'm just giddy. I'm so excited. Um, let's move on because I almost was going to re-legislate the Arkansas State game, which led to That's me <laughs> fighting with a bunch of people on a message board. So let's get to this one. Deuce Vaughn over under a thousand yards rushing Deuce was on pace. If you extrapolated out his 2020 season to a 13 game season, because we both think we're going to go to a bowl. He was on pace for 835 rushing yards. If it was a 13 game season. So does Deuce go over the thousand yard rushing mark this season? I don't think so. I'm going to say under, um, 
you know, coach likes to kind of have a committee. I don't believe, I don't buy the hype that he's going to get 15 to 20 carries out of the backfield. Um, he might get 15 to 20 touches a game, but um, I stay under on the rushing yards. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I actually, ready for, this is my first hot take of maybe the year. I think that if Joe Irvin really, because again, I, I'm putting, I'm, I'm going to, I'm in a little bit wait to see it mode just because back in the spring and early fall camp, right, Jarcadia Wright was the darling behind Deuce. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit see it to believe it. But if, if half of what people have said about Joe Irvin is true, and if they use Deuce, I know the way they want to use Deuce. I think there is a realistic chance Deuce Vaughn isn't even the leading rusher on this team. Um, yeah, I don't so, think that's a so crazy hot yeah. take. And, and um, with what we've seen in the past. Two. Yeah, and I'm yeah, on the yeah. under two. I and the reason why I did that is because that's been a that's been a message board and Twitter debate uh, for a while, and I think I've I even said that. I would say that Deuce is never a thousand yard rusher in a single season for KC. I think I've even said that on the live shows. So um, we're both on the under. Um, and, and again, I don't think it's that crazy. I, Cause what they're talking about using four running backs. Yeah. With <laughs> Wright, Irvin and uh, DJ Giddens, the junction city boy. I mean, I, I mean, unless Deuce is just unbelievable. I do find it hard to believe how he's going to come up with a thousand yards uh, rushing this year. Um, and I think the deuce actually could be a back, uh, a back that comes, you know, we could run him between the tackles and I know he's probably better suited for like those kind of sweet plays, get him into open space, but you know, we've seen really very little of deuce Vaughn. I mean, we saw a shortened true freshman year and look what he did. So I don't know. He could be, he could be that back. I think this guy could, could be the limit for this guy, but with all we've heard about Joe Irvin and I watched a couple highlights of Joe Irvin this morning. And I really do understand what they mean when he, when he says he plays at 21 miles an hour, um, he doesn't have like that straight line speed, but he, when he gets the ball, he hits the hole and it's, he's already at a full sprint. Um, go look up on Clint's page and watch a couple of his runs and you'll understand what it means or what they mean when they say he likes to play very fast because he hits the hole fast as hell and he's very decisive. And I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about Joe Urban. Okay. The next one over under 565 yards receiving for Deuce Vaughn. That is the exact pace he would have been on if he played a traditional 13 game season last year. So over under receiving 565 yards. That's a, this one's hard um, for me. See, I'll say, I'll say over. Um, I just think, ah, man, I don't know. I have a little bit of reservations just because when Deuce is going to be lined up, if he's lined up outside of the backfield at any time, you better hope that there's like a linebacker on him. And I just don't see that's going to happen, that happening very often because everybody knows who Deuce Vaughn is now. But I'll go with the over because he's such a pimp. Um, but I'd like to hear what your uh, logic is. Yeah, I, I'm going to say over, and it's because I think they are going to use him as a weapon. Like I, that's what he is. I, I and I know Coach Kleiman in Messingham, and I'm sure Deuce went like this, but he's not a running back. He's an offensive weapon, and I just think that if you look at 565 yards, there's a very real chance that he could get 
half of those. So 280 yeah. yards across four plays, you know, I, it's true with 13 bit, games too. I mean, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm believing now I'm convinced. Yeah. So I, I, I think, I think he's going to hit that over. And I, and I, I think, and I said this on a live show and I, I think I, I, I want to backtrack from it, but I think I said, I think it would be more likely he had a thousand yard receiving than rushing year. I don't think, I don't think that's true. But again, if someone were to tell me, yeah, Deuce Vaughn had a thousand yards receiving and 600 yards rushing, I, I'd be like, damn, like good for him. But I wouldn't be shocked. Like that wouldn't, wouldn't be something either. where I'd like have a heart attack. <laughs> I would hope that you wouldn't have a heart attack, but I, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either. Um, He's just so versatile and he's so reliable already that I think we're going to see an even bigger year than, than anyone anticipates. Yep. All right. So here's the next, next two questions are not ones I wanted to ask, but I feel like where the fan base is, especially with these two guys with the off season hype, they have to be asked. So the first one is, and it's the same question for both of them, but let's talk Malik Knowles first over under 10 and a half games where Malik Knowles plays and records at least one reception um, just for the sake of like, if I, if I was pretending to be making real prop bets, like for both these guys, they could like play the first game of the game and get hurt. Um, and it still count as a game played. So I added that with a reception. So Malik Knowles over under 10 and a half games where he plays and records at least one reception. I have over. Um, I think this is the year it clicks for Malik. You know, um, it's sounds so far like this is kind of the longest stretch of time he's had without any sort of physical setback or injury, um, which is a positive. Um, the personal distractions that he had last year are gone. As far as I know, the COVID year gone as far as we can see at this point in time. So I'm feeling very good about Malik. Um, I'm backing him big time. I think he's going to be wide receiver number one with a bullet. Yeah, I'm 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 going to go under, um, and I don't like that I have to go, that I'm going to go under. But again, there's just nothing from Malik Knowles's history because this is what his fourth season playing because he did the three game or four games in his true freshman season, right? And he didn't play versus Iowa State. Uh, him and Lance Robinson, of all folks. Kind of wish Lance was still around, but that's all right. Um, I can see him playing in 10. Like, I, I think probably 10's the sweet spot, but I'm I'm guessing he gets banged up and misses a game. And I think there might be a game where he gets hurt early and he tries to go, but he never gets the ball thrown his way. So I'm going under, hoping it's more. But, but again, I think you called it out. They've said he is never in his time at K-State had this many consecutive practices where he was a full go. He's been a yeah. full go for every single practice since the spring. So, I mean, maybe I, I'm just pro probably playing history and I'm hoping you're correct there. Um, so that would be massive. Uh, another guy where it'd be massive, the exact same question, Daniel Matterbebe, over under 10 and a half games where he plays and records at least one reception. Um, I'm, I'm going to go first. I'm going to say under, because again, I don't know if he's done that once in his career, similar to Malik Knowles, and he's had stops all over the globe. Um, again, it's another one of these things where you need them to happen. If you want, and this contradicts probably my later win loss predictions, 
because you need both these guys desperately. But I, it's just, I'm just in, I need to see it to believe it mode with both those guys with health. What are you saying for Mr. Amater Bebe? I'm saying the over, Scott. I'm telling you, this is the year. The stars are going to align for us. I can feel it in my bones. Amater Bebe has had difficulties with injury throughout his career, no matter where he's been, but he's at home now. He's in the little apple. Everything is going to go right for him, and both him and Malik are going to have uninterrupted seasons injury-free. If you tell me that they both will be injury-free, then I'm loving my uh, win-loss prediction. So we'll keep moving on. Um, (laughs) Who leads the team in receptions in 2021? I think it was Deuce Vaughn last year. Um, I know he led them in uh, receiving yardage, but who's going to lead the team in catches and receptions? For me, it's Malik. The stars are going to align, I'm telling you. This is going to be Malik's bust-out year, and this is going to be the year where we're like, wow, maybe he is going to leave early because I think he's got that ability. He's going to be consistently healthy. I'm ready for it. He's probably going to have the best connection with Skyler, I would imagine. Um, So I feel very good about Malik Knowles, and I'm willing this into existence. I can feel it. Can feel it. So even despite me saying the under 10 and a half games, I'm actually going with a matter baby is going to lead the team in receptions. Um, I just think that this offense is set up for a tight end to get the receptions. And I think we saw in the time with Briley Moore last year, because even Briley Moore didn't make it completely healthy through last season. It was still his healthiest year he's had in a while, but we saw, especially with Skyler in there, how he went to Briley consistently in those third down situations i'm thinking matter baby he's a better athlete he's a longer body i think he he's going to really bring in a lot of those catches um but let's go to uh leaving the team and receiving yards so i'm guessing with malik Knowles being your pick you're going to go with him here as well yeah malik's going to go off i've got him down okay so i'm at, i'm going to go with malik Knowles even with my prediction under 10 and a half which again doesn't quite line up with me saying I wouldn't be surprised if Deuce Vaughn had a thousand yards receiving. Uh, but I think ultimately, even if he plays just 10 games, I think Malik Knowles is going to be around 700 to 800 yards receiving this year, even in just 10 games. So I think that's going to ultimately do it. Um, here is going to be my wide receiver special. I love this question. Who ends up having the better statistical season? Tyrone Howell or Keenan Garber? I have Tyrone Howell because it just seems like we've heard more about him. Um, it's it's been a little bit quieter on the Keenan Garber front recently um, outside of, you know, coach and oppressor kind of throwing an occasional bone to him, which I think is just kind of coach speak. They like to go through every player sometimes in a position group and be like, they've been performing well. I don't know what we're going to get out of Keenan Garber, but the praise for Tyrone Howell, I think it's been um, at least far more like direct and probably more, I don't know. I just, I just, when was the last time we really heard anything about Keenan Garber as opposed to Tyrone Howell? I just think it's going to be Howell. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he has kind of been mentioned, but like all the hype has been around, Tyrone Howell, ever since he stepped foot on campus, I mean, it's even more than Malik. Like, 
again, I don't – he's a Juco guy who came in late, and I actually don't yeah. think we're going to see him really hit his stride until conference play. I don't – I'm not anticipating him, you know, lighting up Stanford. I would be shocked if he had, like, some big game versus Stanford. And while I would be surprised – about Keenan Garber having a big game versus Stanford. I think I'd be less surprised if he, if it was him because he's been around for what, two years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I just feel like, you know, the it's the coaches have definitively recently, you know, kind of stated that Howell will be a part of that rotation from yeah. the get go. So yeah. I, I feel just like we're going to see him more at least early on. So I'm in the camp of, and obviously it's, this way for both of them that we have to see it to believe it, but I'm more so in that kind of camp for Keenan Garber because he's been here two years and there's been some talk about him. I think he might, you know, get an occasional jet sweep, take it for 20 yards, but I just, I don't know. At this point in time, I feel more confident in Howell. No, I, I agree with you. I, I actually think Garber, if he's going to shine, it's going to be early. Um, But honestly, what if both of them are elite? I mean, I'm telling you, stars are going to align, my man. All right, so here's the next one. Who will be considered the top offensive lineman this year? I've got BB. Um, I just think he's probably the most versatile guy we have, and everyone's high on Cooper BB. I think Noah Johnson is going to have a better year than people uh, are expecting. I think he gets – kind of a lot of shit and some of that I think is justified, but we've heard a lot of good things about Noah Johnson um, coming out of camp. So, but my, my official answer is Cooper BB. Yeah. I think, it, I think that's the only true answer. I just want to make sure that we gave the offensive lineman a little bit of love because uh, we hit all the other position groups. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I think Noah Johnson will have a better year there were games where I was frustrated with him and I think he's become kind of a a punching bag when it comes to the offensive line on message boards, not as much Twitter, but, but the dude, it's similar to Skyler. He came back for a reason. I think anytime you have someone who is coming back for a super senior year at the school that they played their senior year. So, you know, uh, if Skyler would have gone off and played it, you know, Nebraska or Noah Johnson would have gone off and Can you imagine played. that. I mean, I, I think Nebraska fans really wish that would have happened. <laughs> I mean, shit. My yeah, God. Dreadful. But, I mean, I would have, that would have sucked. I, I would, I would have cheered for Skyler, the player, not for Nebraska. But like, if anytime someone has spent their entire division one career at the same school and they use their super senior season to come back, I think that really says something. I, you know, I, I think you look on the defensive end at Boom Massey and J-Mac. I think both those guys are just ones you have to keep an eye on that, hey, they're coming back for a reason to this school. So I'm expecting big things from Noah Johnson. But I think BB is legitimately an All-American candidate in the future. I think ultimately they want to get him inside playing guard. Um, I think – we'll get there at some point, but the kid just is great at the game of football. He is a good football player. So I think he's the only answer. I think Noah Johnson will maybe be number two, um, you know, hoping to good, see good things from, uh, you know, Revis. Revis could get himself in NFL conversations if he has a good year, but he's kind of been on that uh, 
downward tra- trajectory ever since he popped on the scene. His first year was his best year, so I'm hoping he gets a bounce back, but I'm right there with you. Um, let's keep moving on. Let's get to the defensive side of the ball. Over under 16.5 forced turnovers. We had 15 in 10 games last year, three per game. Very high. I went a little bit, you know, under that pace um, because I think, you know, not three a game, 1.5 a game. What a nitwit I am. So I went under that pace a little bit. Um, where are you at? 16.5 forced turnovers. I've got the over, um, you know, 13 games this year. You said before it's 15 last year in 10 games. Yeah. Um, I just think we have guys this season on that defensive line that are high havoc players. And we've got some really talented outside corners with Brent's um, echo islands, Justin Gardner. Those are guys that are really, you know, reliable, talented um, outside corners. And that combination, I think is going to lead to a lot of turnovers. And I think, you know, the, the verdict is still out or the jury is still out on, uh, on Klanderman and what type of, you know, D coordinator he is and what his ceiling truly is. But Kleiman has always liked to, to have kind of a, an aggressive defense. Um, so I feel good about that. I think we're going to, I think I, I'm, I'm sneaky confident on this defense. I think we've got some really good guys in some key spots, but uh, I'll, I'll take the over. See, I tell you what, it, it, if you're sneaky high on the defense, and, and I'm, I think I'm there too. I, I'm probably not as high as you are. Well, what I think is that people, and this is totally valid because there is a shit ton of defensive players that no one has probably ever seen play, <laughs> especially for K-State. Um, but I just think there's a load of experience there in that secondary. And yeah, of course, linebackers are a question mark, but I don't know. I, I think people are, I don't think they're as bad as people think that they're going to be. I know that there's question marks, but somebody always steps up typically. So, so I feel pretty good. So I, I probably should have had this in here. They forced 14 last year in 10 games and 13 games back in 2019. They also only had 15. Interesting. Well, we I'm going to go under this year. I'm going to go we under the magic. Just, be, just because we are, uh, just because we're agreeing too much. I'm going to go under, um, <laughs> You know, I, I'm saying, you know, maybe not forcing as many f- uh, fumbles because, you know, Wyatt Hubert's not going to be coming around the edge. Um, I, I would I would put us right at 16. So that's what I'm going to go with. Um, all right. The next one, over under 30 and a half sacks, had 28 last year in a 10-game season. How many did Wyatt Hubert have last year? Well, I that- don't. I don't know because I'm looking at the 2019 season. So we had. Well, regardless, I'm taking the over because I'm taking the over all damn day, but. um, We only had 25. I know we, I know we lost Wyatt Hubert, but 25 in 2019 and you got 30 and a half as the line. 28 last year. Uh, I'm taking the that's under. A good question. I'm taking the over. Um, let me 100% see. So Wyatt, Wyatt had eight and a half last season. That's a lot. Um, but man, he started slow. He started so slow, and I was well, so annoyed. Here's him. the other thing: Drew Wiley had four and a half. They're both gone. I think Duke's going to have a monster year. On a DK's going to have a big year. Timmy Horn's going to have a big year. 
I feel good. Take the over, baby. Yeah. And we're gonna have some linebacker sacks. We'll have some. We'll have some. Uh, uh, J Max gonna come in for a, a safety blitz. That's gonna be a, a scoop and score. I'm calling it. No, I'm I'm gonna take the under there, big time under. Okay, who's gonna lead the team in interceptions? I've got Julius Brents. Um, I just think, and you know, I'm kind of torn on this because Julius Brents is supposed to be our our best corner. Um, which means he's probably going to get targeted less, but I just think his wingspan and his length is going to going to bag him a decent amount of interceptions um, because it's Skyler said it himself. He's the, he's the worst type of corner you want to play again against because he's his length is deceptive. So I think he's going to bag a bunch of picks this year and it's going to be very sexy. Yeah. So last year we had a couple guys with, two uh j mac was one of them j mac got a pick in 2019 i'm going with j mac i'm gonna say I think that's probably a, a good i think the safeties are gonna probably have more because here, uh, here, here's my prediction I, I think the corners and nickels are going to be so good there's gonna be a lot of like tips in the air and then j mac's gonna come down underneath it. i'm saying j mac gets three interceptions this year to lead I the team it. so but i'm gonna say at least i'm, I'm gonna say echo gets one and it's a pick six, though, because I think, again, dude is a burner. Um, who's going to lead the team in sacks? I think I think you uh, tipped your hand. I'm not sure, actually. I have Timmy Horn down, but I want to look up uh, Dukes from last year. I think Duke has set sacks in his career, which is – I think he had three or four in 2019, and he had three or four last year, so seven or eight sacks in his career. And damn, man. I mean, I was watching highlights of him today, too, that Clint posted in. That guy is a freak. He is super explosive. He's more explosive. I don't think we're going to see, like, I don't think we're going to see that drop off that Reggie Walker had when he lost Jordan so, Willis because so we Clint might. Did, he only had Sorry, one, he only had one credited sack last year, according to ESPN. That's horseshit because I literally watched, well, ESPN. That's ESPN for you disrespect to cats players but i mean i watched highlights today and he was in on three sacks he had one solo but um regardless the man is a like a a havoc machine and um super explosive i don't think i think he's out and out better than reggie walker ever was in his freshman year um i just think he's got more straight line and lateral speed and he's got better mechanics his moves are very nice so feel pretty good about uh duke um so i'll put it down but i did have timmy horn just because he's very nice and i like him you should keep it with timmy horn okay i'll keep it with timmy horn all right because i'm going with Khalid duke I, I i think he is gonna have like his really big on the uh on the scene type game i need to honestly after this i'm probably going to spend time trying to find a different stat source than espn because I was surprised to see he only got credit. Sports reference, one. dude. Sportsreference.com. What did they credit him with? Let's see. How do you spell his name? K K H A L I D Duke Stats. Um, let's see. Yeah, sportsreference.com is the bomb. Uh, he is credited with three career sacks. Yeah, so one last year and two the year before. So yes, man's right. I don't buy I don't buy that. Well, it is what that. it is. That, that's what it is. I, I have him getting five sacks this year, and that's going to lead the team. 
I'll take it. Not quite White Hubert, but, you know, it is what it is. All right. How many non-offensive touchdowns will we have? We had four and 10 games last year, six and 13 games in 2019, and only one and 12 games in 2018. How many non-offensive touchdowns will we have? God, we only had one in 2018. Jesus, we were shambles. Yeah, glad Bill's gone. Um, that's a good question. And even keep going, in mind, like what three of those came versus KU last year? Non-offensive. Yeah, that's a good one. That's good. I will say, I'm going to say seven because I'm going insane um, on this entire show. Um, I don't know, man. I just think with combination, I do. I really think that this defense is going to turn the ball over a lot, and I think, I just think we're gonna we're gonna have some scoop and scores. We're gonna have some pick sixes. I just love our secondary. Um, I loved our secondary last year going into Arkansas State, and we know how that turned out. But um, I feel good. Um, Philip Brooks, I think, is a good returner. He's bound to get two or three, whether it's a two kickoff or, or a punt. Um, he doesn't do kick returns, does he? Uh, not as much, but, I mean, maybe we'll see it this year. Well, and I'm still going to go seven. I'm just going to go seven. I'm going with four. I'm going to say four. Uh, Fair enough. The 13. All right, so will someone not named Phillip Brooks have a kick or punt return touchdown? I think so. I have yes. Um, 2019, we had multiple. We had two. I think we had three, didn't we? Malik Knowles. Youngblood Young Blood, and, and Brooks. Brooks, yes. Well, what I mean is outside of Philip Brooks. So oh, we had two okay, outside yeah. of Philip Brooks. But um, and then last year, I don't really remember. Philip Brooks had a shitload of yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Two. I'll say yes. I'll say yes. I feel good about that. I'm gonna say I'm all no. Positivity. I'm all positivity today. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say Philip Brooks gets like Actually, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say Philip Brooks gets one uh, punt return TD. I'm going to say someone not named Philip Brooks has, a, whether it's Malik, Echo. Surely, Deuce, surely we'll get a, a kick, kick return. Off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we did yeah. it last year. Oh, that's sickening. So, yeah, go team. All right. Will there be at least one game where K-State Twitter fights whether or not they should have gone for two in the game? I'm all positivity until this question. I feel like this is directed – this is a pointed question. Well, no, I will no, say, no, 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 no. I'll say you're yes. You're not the only one. You're not the only one. And Chris Kleiman loves to go for two when – Yes. Kleiman seems intent on chasing points. Um, I am very against it. You mean it. He, he's intent on uh, he's, following analytics? Yeah, but I think I think there's more nuance to it than just pure analytics. There um, is. I'm, I'll give I, you that. I, I think it's situational. and Unless you follow I, analytics every single time – then there is nuance. If you commit to like going by the book, then no, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but I hear, I hear what you're saying. Like I would have never done that with Will Howard last season. Like it just it, in that in that scenario, I think you take the points because you know of our red zone struggles, and we could we're not going to get into that. But shit, I mean, looking in this year, maybe there's going to be more scenarios where I'm like, I'm comfortable more comfortable with going for two with Skylar Thompson, depending on, you know, the scenario of the game, but I'm typically a don't go for two unless you have to um, type of guy. Cause I just feel like for K state, it always comes back and bites us, but yeah, I think there's absolutely Kleiman wants to chase points. 
I disagree with it, but hopefully it doesn't bite us. So I'm answering yes, but it's not going to matter anyways because we're going to be so good. Yeah, okay. I'm going to say yes, there will be a fight. I'm going to talk about Spotify Green Room. <laughs> Think about any questions you might want to throw out there for the predictions episode before we get to the Blitz, Blitz Month questions. But while you're thinking, I want to give a shout out to Spotify Green Room. We are going live every single Wednesday at 7 p.m. Those shows will be published at or on Friday. So we're not doing free play Friday anymore. We are doing the Spotify Green Room live shows where we will then publish those on Friday. It's going to be a great time. Spotify Green Room is amazing. You get to talk to other fans, other friends, journalists, or just completely random people. I love Spotify Green Room. I think it's one of the best things that's ever happened to this podcast. Sadly, what might have been the biggest advertisement or marketing for Spotify Green Room was the fun that we had this past Wednesday doing the Bonehead Prediction Show. I have spent probably six to seven hours with IT at Spotify trying to get that audio. They were having issues last week. They were switching from converting all that type of stuff from MP3 to M4A. So they're in the process of that. They had some issues with some emails. We probably will never get that audio. I'm sorry. It was a lot of fun. And folks, you want you need to come and join the show. Join the chat if you don't want to talk because the chat was going wild. From here on out, we get to talk about <laughs> games. We get to talk about, you know, we'll get your guys' takes. What are your guys' keys to be to beat Stanford? Chauncey's trying to eat cords. It's going wild here. Um you, you get to do that. Give us your game predictions. Who, who, who is going to be your, you know, pick to, you know, perform. We're going to have fun previewing games. Get over Spotify green room Wednesday at 7 PM. It's great. Did you come up with anything you want to ask and get on the record for the uh, predictions episode? Not really. I'm trying to think of just like, I was trying to think of Dallas specific questions for you, but nah, let's move on. Also, anyone listening, take your Bosco's voice koozie down to Arlington. Flood 100%. the Twitter time or timeline with hashtag koozies in the wild. Okay, let's get into it. These are the Blitz Month questions. I made it so you were not allowed to answer this on the predictions episode, but now you're going to right here or on the live show. Now you're doing it on the predictions episode. So we're going to go by the way I conduct these because you asked this question different to everyone than I did. So who is going to be the offensive MVP? No restrictions. Skylar Thompson. Okay. Do you want me to tell you why? Yes, please tell me why. Skylar Thompson, I think his experience is going to be invaluable to the team. I mean, six-year veteran quarterback, that is worth two to three games alone, in my opinion. He's going to have thorough knowledge of the playbook. He's going to know when to check. He knows when to run. Most importantly, I think he has the confidence of all of his teammates and his coaching staff. You know, they know they trust the man in the pocket. Um, he's made huge strides. Um, and I think most importantly, with what he's been through, they know he's kind of willing to put his body on the line for his teammates. And, you know, no hate for Will Howard. I know he's made huge improvements in the offseason, but he's not as good as Skyler right now. And with Will, the playbook shrinks. Um, so I think it's Skyler for me. It's it's QB1, 100%. All right. So then okay, we're back after a brief uh, potty break for Chauncey Bosco, the 
one of the greatest dogs of all time. When you okay. pause that, I genuinely I thought like your face, like the look on your face, I was like, oh, we just lost the last hour. No, no it said no, recording no, no. stopped, and I was like, oh, okay. Nope, nope, paused it. We're good. We are still live. Okay. So who is going to be your non-Skyler offensive MVP? For me, it's Malik Knowles. Um, we've seen, you know, I mean, Malik, I think we, he's always been solid for us, but, and despite, despite his injury troubles in the past and his inconsistencies of being on the field, even with that, he was still our best and most dangerous receiver Um and he is our, our greatest threat to stretch the field. So without Malik or without a consistent, you know, wide receiver one that can stretch the field, we, our offense immediately is knocked down a couple of notches. And that allows teams to key on guys like Tuzvan, Joe Irvin, Amater Bebe. We saw it last year. I mean, when we didn't have Malik on the field in 2020 and in 2019, um, this offense goes from, I mean, it basically, it just gets knocked down a couple tiers and we can't stretch the field without Malik. So it's Malik Knowles. I think he, when he's on, he totally elevates the entire offense. So Malik for me, what about you? Yeah. So I, I agree with you on Skylar Thompson. I don't think, honestly, I don't even think it's close. I, we, we've had some folks say Deuce Vaughn and I think you can make the argument of he might be the best player on offense. Um, and I even think I could argue that, but Skylar Thompson Far and away, and we saw it last year. Again, we're not in the business of running down Will Howard, who I, I'd be much more comfortable if push came to shove and we had to play Will Howard this year. I'd be much yeah. more comfortable this year than we were last year. But we saw what happened. We were dreaming of Arlington. Uh, things were going <laughs> well. I know. But, but like, yes, we got our shit kicked in by Texas and Iowa State. But, again, I don't think anyone can sit here and tell me that if Skylar Thompson would have been our quarterback, we don't beat Baylor and we don't beat Oklahoma State. We go six and three. Yeah, and, and I'm and, three. and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that we without a doubt beat West Virginia, but it's gonna give us a fucking shot. One hundred percent. I mean, we had a couple of chances there early in that game in the red zone and couldn't get it in. And I was that game was three to three going into the second quarter. So like, which is yes, there's a lot of game left, but with a Senior quarterback, absolutely, that gives us a chance. I mean, people are out of their fucking minds if they think that the senior, six-year senior veteran quarterback is not going to be the MVP. That's just, it's bonkers. You think back, I do get the Deuce Vaughn case, but, like, we didn't have Deuce Vaughn in 2019. We had a pretty average offense in 2019. We had a couple of good, I would say, we had a couple of decent running backs in Jordan Brown and – um Fuck, what's the other dude's name? Number oh, 34. Yeah, uh, God. Gilbert, James Gilbert. Gilbert, James Gilbert. Like, they were solid, average running backs. And, you know, each of them had their day. But none of them were – neither one of them were, like, taking us to the next, next level. Last year it was basically, like, the only player we had was Deuce Vaughn. So, I get it. Um, but if you take Deuce Vaughn out – you still have the rest of the offense that will find a way to function. If you take Skylar Thompson out, you're losing so fucking much knowledge and experience and talent, outright talent. So it's so obvious. It's so easy. It's Skylar. Yeah. My non-Skylar, non-Deuce offensive MVP 
this is a bitch like answer like i'm not gonna I'm not going to try to pretend I'm being smarter than anyone or anything. This is taking a cop out out, but I'm saying Cooper BB. I think uh, he's the best offensive lineman. I think if he can anchor down that left side of the offensive line, and if he can win one-on-one battles and you're able to then take Ben Adler at that left guard and allow him to help down with Noah Johnson, or you're able to, basically take two guys to protect the entire left side of the offensive line and every single play Noah Johnson can either be free to pick up blitzers to move up field to get a linebacker in a running game or help out on the right side of the offensive line I think uh, that's a game changer if you truly have a game changing left tackle which is where Cooper BB is going to be playing and where our best offensive lineman is playing I think that's a complete game changer I understand picking offensive linemen is stupid, but I, I truly believe. That. I don't think it's stupid. I mean, but, but like, if you go like, oh, okay, an offensive lineman's never going to win like an off, like an MVP award. So I'm kind of like, whatever. I'm, which I'm, is a flaw, which is a flaw it, it in is the award flaw. system. It like, is, it is. But I, I truly believe if your best offensive lineman is playing the most important offensive spot or spot on the offensive line and he succeeds, that is massive. So that's where I'm at. Let's move to defensive MVP. Um, this is one where I think of all the questions, I think we probably got maybe the most variance throughout Blitzma. So where are you going? I'm not super convicted about my answer, but I'm going to say Daniel Green. Um, you know, he may not be our best defensive player, um, but I think he's our out-and-out best linebacker at this point in time, at least in my opinion. And that's a position group that's unproven, and it's a concern. So if our best linebacker goes down, Daniel Green, um, I fear how would it affect the, def- the defense as a whole? Because I don't think – right now I have literally zero confidence in what's behind Daniel Green. Uh, therefore, he's my most valuable player. Um, I don't necessarily think he's like going to – although he might end up with like the most tackles. I think he's solid and, you know, he's at the linebacker position. He's got a decent amount of speed. But um, – He's my most valuable because I worry what would happen if we lost him. Yeah, I'm going with J-Mac. Again, it's the super senior coming back, unfinished business type of thing. Before he got started getting banged up and he was having to play almost every single snap, he was playing at an all-conference level through that, you know, TCU game. Um, He starts getting banged up. His performance falls off. Uh, Coach Kleiman, Coach Kleinerman said that, hey – there's a little bit more safety depth this year and they feel better about the safety depth. So he won't have to play like 60, 70 snaps a game. They'll be able to rotate them like they'd want to. So I'm going with J-Mac. Um, all right. So now what? for. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, so now for a young breakout player, on, uh, <laughs> young breakout player on offense. Um, we were saying freshman or sophomore who has yet to make a major impact on the field. This one's got to be the easiest one, right? Uh, I mean, I think offensive MVP, like. Well, okay, yeah. There's more variance to this. But yeah. I think if Joe Irvin counts to this. Yes, he does. I'm going at Joe Irvin. I mean, there's just too much positivity coming out of the camp. He's got concrete experience and, you know, playing time. He's got to be very, very hungry after taking a year off because of COVID. I think he's going to emerge. And, you know what, actually, like. You said this was a hot take earlier, but I had this jotted down in my notes. I think he's going to emerge as the back that gets the most carries straight up. So um, I, I just, I agree. I think Deuce 
is just a more well-rounded weapon that we're going to try to find ways to get touches. And I just love how Joe Irvin hits that, hits that hole in the backfield. So I'm going Joe. Yeah, I, I think I think it's Joe. I would not have answered Joe at the beginning of the year, um, but I, I I'm right there or beginning of Blitz Month because we we did Blitz Month right as uh, fall camp was starting, and ever since it started, it's been Joe Irvin, Joe Irvin, Joe Irvin. So that's where I'm going. Um, if I want to say something, I think it's shout out to Brian Smoller who brought this up. Uh, Handley Panzer is going to be the next great offensive center at K-State. He's from Lakin, Kansas. Um, I think he still will te- – he'll – I think – I don't know. He'll he'll technically be a redshirt freshman next year, um, and I think he's going to start next year, although he might be considered a sophomore based on how we're counting uh, scholarship players. It's, it's all weird, but I, I think he might be great. I don't think we see him a lot this year. All right, let's go with young breakout player on defense. And I think oh, there oh. are – I think there's a lot of candidates for this one. I'm a little torn on this one, but I, I went with um, on a DK. Um, I'd like to go with Brown. You know, I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think Brown just positionally has more chance of being exposed, um, you know, being young and being in the secondary. On a DK, you know, being on the line, it's almost like, and this isn't totally true, but it's almost like there's less pressure. And he's been heavily praised out of camp. So I think he's going to be really disruptive. I think he, he has a chance to make a splash coming off of uh, the D line. I like that one. Um, I, you know, I, I wanted my, in my heart, I wanted to go TJ Smith, but I, I'm with you. I, I'm in see it to believe it mode coming off ACL tears. I think T Denson is going to be good. King Felix is going to be good. I like that. Lots of love for Nate Matlack, who's been a workout warrior, just changing his body completely. But you mentioned I want Nate Matlack to be successful, successful so bad. I oh, really I, want I think he will. To I, I think he will. I think he maybe. I think he will still qualify for this answer next year. Meaning, I don't think he. I don't think he makes such a big impact this year. I think he's a candidate for this award next year. But I am going with Amaris Brown, and this is why I'm going with Amaris Brown. First off, I had completely written him off in coming into fall camp, and that was you know even understanding the depth like we we lost all these high school recruits uh to the transfer portal on the defensive backfield he stuck around uh you had a lot of candidates there wasn't an obvious oh he's going to be our nickelback um but you could have done the sauce boss reggie stubblefield who i think might be backing him up you could have done tj smith you could have done t denson you even could have bumped echo inside you could have gone russ yeast who has experience playing on the inside. You have all these options. Yeah, Amaris Brown has emerged as the guy who's going to be on the one line at the nickelback position. And I, I think that says a lot about him. That said, let me put a caveat. I think that when we do the Stanford review, whether it's you and me, what, whatever the review looks like, I actually think you're going to see a lot of Wayne Jones and Ryan Hennington playing that nickel spot because Coach Kleiman came out and said, hey, we have two different types of nickels that we want. We want a big one, who, which I think is going to play more similar to a third linebacker, which makes sense with the Wayne Jones and Ryan Hennington, uh, you know, chatter we heard out of spring. And then a more traditional nickel back who is a defensive back. That's going to be a March Brown. That's going to be stubby, you know, the sauce boss. But I think when it's all said and done, because we love the nickel, we always have talked about the nickel. I think that inside 
basically a defensive back is so important in the Big 12. I think Amaris Brown will end up being that guy. I like that. And I think that that's a good point that you make. Um, it's a testament to Amaris Brown that he's kind of broken through to hold down that spot um, despite all of the experience ahead of him. Um, so to do that as a freshman is pretty impressive. Definitely. All right. My favorite question. What is your pendulum game of the year? Swing the year. <sighs> Very torn on this. So many good answers. And there's, there really is five or six answers that you could make a case for. For me personally, it's Stanford. <laughs> Winning game one. Um, and business continues. Momentum begins to build. Lose game one. And you've got, you know, you've got Nevada who considers the, is considered by most people, actually pretty much everyone to be our best non-con team. So if you come out of Stanford 0-1 and, and you've still got to play Nevada, um, I think that's scary. And then you're looking down the barrel of the toughest three games right off the bat in the Big 12. Um, you lose Stanford, 1-5 and five start is on the table, absolutely. Um, it's not that black and white, of course, but it absolutely is in the back of everyone's mind if we lose to Stanford that one and five. We're thinking, like, it's disaster. I mean, I just – for me personally, um, it's Stanford. I think losing that would just be so, so costly because the, the schedule is just so heavy in that first six games that that's what it is for me. What about you? Yeah, so Stanford's probably my number two, but because the way you laid it out, I think that if – we're capable of going one and five, which we are, but like, even if we were to go like two and four in that time frame, that doesn't really change anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so for like trying to be as exact with the pendulum game as possible, I'm going with that first big 12 game at Oklahoma state, because here's the thing you win that one in theory, you lose out on a lot of momentum and some upside. If you completely tank your non con say even if you go one and two, but if you turn around and you win in Stillwater on the road, then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden it's just like, okay, you're not, you're not going to beat Oklahoma. I don't care what anyone says. We're not beating them a third time in a row, but it's very realistic that you can beat Iowa state. Again, if you're going into that game where you're two and four, like no one's going to pick you. Like I'm like, no one's going to pick you, but we're capable of beating them. Then all of a sudden you win that you have your three toughest big 12 games out of the road. And then you still have everything to play for in a sense of make it to Arlington late in the season. Um, so yeah. I, that's why I'm going with Oklahoma state, but Stanford would be my number two. I think picking Stanford is really based out of like my own insecurities as a fan. It's not necessarily well, like a pendulum game. It, so it is a pendulum won. technically. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. it is for the it's more of a pendulum game for the fans than for the team. I mean, it, it is like it in a sense is a pendulum game, but it's also not. It's kind of hard to be like a pendulum game as the opening game of the year. Another, I, I, I mean, there's been other points in time where I picked the same as you, Oklahoma State. I think Nevada is actually a pretty good pendulum game. You start two and zero, you're confident, and then you lose to Nevada what does that do for your confidence after, you know, you drop one that you aren't wanting to drop in the non-con and then you're looking at, at Oklahoma state, Oklahoma and Iowa state coming in. That's a solid pendulum game. Um, but I think, 
outside of that, there really isn't. I, I know is a couple of people pick tech, which I think I don't agree with. That doesn't really fit the definition. I'm That's more like a trap of, game. I'm I'm jumping off a freaking bridge if we lose the Texas Tech. I don't want any like that was well, depressing. Chauncey has my freaking Nike. He loves chewing on shoes. Stop. Stop. Okay. We're going to move into it. We're going to predict game by game instead of just giving a record. Something that I think we did in Blitz Week past that we just went with record this past year. But you and I are going every single game. Okay. So we're kicking off in Arlington, the All-State Kickoff Classic versus Stanford, win or loss. I've got a W. Cats go to Arlington. They take care of business. So do I. I got to win there. All right. Then Southern Illinois, which, again, you know, they're a ranked FCS team. Again, we should. There's there's never a situation where an FBS team should lose to an FCS team. And definitely no scenario where a Power 5 team should lose to an FCS team. But they're going to be tricky. I mean, it's not like you're playing Rhode Island. You know, this team is good. But I assume we both have a W there. Win by 35-plus for me. So now we have Nevada, and honestly, this is the first time I considered predicting a loss. I, I legitimately am just so worried about this game, but I predicted win. win. You don't win. want to talk about Nevada at all. So I have a win 3 no. I'll talk about Nevada when it's Nevada game week. I, I will. Then I'll be shitting my pants, no doubt, but I've got them as another win. Okay. So we're 3-0. Then, then there's Oklahoma at home. It is Hall of Fame weekend. Is there any any world where we get them three times in a row? You're wrong. It's Oklahoma State. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Yes, at We're not there State. Yet. We're not there yet. Sorry. See, I'm I'm looking ahead. I'm looking ahead. Exactly. I'm not. See, I can't even look. I can't even talk about that. And you're already talking Oklahoma. I know. But, I'm, I'm um, the worst. At, at Oklahoma State. Due. We're due. Coach is due to beat Gundy. Gundy's an ugly mullet freak who I think is one of the most overrated coaches in the conference. I can't stand Mike Gundy. I truly cannot. And we're going to go to Stillwater and we're going to put it on them. It's going to be, it's going to be a big time dub. And then people are going to start talking about us. Yeah. So, so here, here's been me. like a hot take. Like I've been kind of like straddling uh, Oklahoma state falls flat. And this is Gundy's last year, at Oklahoma state. We beat the Cowboys. So I'm right there with you Four no college game day is coming to town. We're, uh, 18th in the country, Oklahoma's third. Is there any any scenario where we beat them? Also, I don't think college game day is coming, but like any you scenario. You know, I want to. You know what I want to say? Um, I think we lose. I have it as an L. So do I. Let's get that out of the way. But like, walk lose me to through. Oklahoma. I just don't, I just think they're really good. Um, it's just, you know, I, I don't know. I think we were. It's hard to beat a team three times in a row. It's hard to beat Oklahoma three times. It'll be Spencer in a row. Rattler's so, first ever game. I do think that like- that could be a legitimate factor. Um, and I'm not a huge. I know Spencer Rattler is hugely talented, but is he mentally? Does he have like that mental toughness that is required? Because he seems like he does get shook pretty easily. Um, so if we're hitting him all day and the crowd is batshit, and it will be batshit if we're four and zero which we will be. Um, who knows? I just for my narrative, I have us as I have it as a loss. I just think it's, they're very good. They're very, very good. They're, they're picked by a lot of people to win the title this year, which I don't think is going to happen, but um, 
I think they come to Manhattan and they beat us, unfortunately. And so do you. Yeah, I, I think they're going to fucking pants us, but let's be on the point. <laughs> then we have a bye week, and then it is Farmageddon, the battle for the Golden Pecan Pie versus Iowa State. Do you have I that have as a, a win? I have a win. They haven't won in Manhattan since 2004, and that streak is going to continue. Um, I do actually think that they are very good, but um, I think they have a tough year this year. And by tough year, they'll have a they'll have a good year for them. But so seven um, and five. I think they'll win eight games. Um, but I don't think I just and I could be wrong, but I, I and you know, I I'm slowly inching towards respecting them more. I just get so tired of the media hype for them because they've done fuck all. <laughs> and they won. Listen, you can't ask a team to do any more than just beat the team that is you know, put in front of them. And they did that last year, but they still lost three games. Um, one of them to Louisiana and, you know, half the games they played, they had a serious advantage. So they like, ne- they didn't have any injuries. They, they have to pr- have any, they have to prove it this year for me to give them any sort of respect. And I think, you know, they, they are going to be high. Like they're going to be big time hyped. They're, they're eight, they're a top 10 team right now. So they are going to have a target on their back just as much as Oklahoma, how do they handle that? Um, we will see, I think, but they're, but I'll tell you how they handle it in Manhattan. They lose and we are five and one. Yeah, I have that as well. I, I don't, I, I just don't buy I, You're respecting them more than me. Why is Iowa state? It, it, Iowa state well, football is literally the only thing in the world where we've decided, Hey, we're going to throw literally everything out except for the COVID year. Like it economics, economics, we don't do it. Politics, we don't do it. Like relationships and everything. It's like, eh, it's the pandemic. You, you can't really, you can't use that. And then we have all this history. And it's not just history of Iowa State, but you have the history of Brock Birdie. You have the history of Matt Campbell. Again, fine. Great for Iowa State. But yeah, now we're I, fucking I, saying they're going to win 10 games? I'm Fuck not that I think they're good, and I like fear that they'll win ten games because. And if they again, do, awesome. Insecurities, I don't Great. like them. Like, but, and I can recognize like Brees Hall is really, really good. He's they the some, only one that. Well, they're tight. They got they got really good tight ends. So oh, and then that say. linebacker. And, and Brock Purdy is like, or... Brock Purdy's good. Like he's a good college quarterback, but he's like very he's susceptible a, to. He's Adrian Martinez, but a little bit better. <laughs> For Nebraska, Adrian Nebraska is yeah. Adrian Martinez. Yeah, I like that. Okay, fair enough. Um, he's he's, he's a mark 2.0. Like, I think he's good, but you know, he's super turnover prone and he does some batshit stuff that yeah. is comical. So, like, I think he's a guy that you can easily get in his head. You start hitting him, yeah, it's no problem, but it's gonna be a tough game. But when they come into Manhattan, they're gonna they're gonna run into a buzzsaw. And now we go to Lubbock. Yeah, what do you have to, for Lubbock? I have a win, and I might even be there. And, and honestly, I think this might be one of the easier away games. Um, honestly, no, I guess we're going to KU. Um, I think we win. Um, I'm not a believer. I, I think they wanted to fire their coach and bring in fucking Art Bryles this past off season. So I, I just I don't I don't see them succeeding enough to keep him around. So yeah, that's what I'm going with. 
What what's your prediction? You convinced me to change my mind. I had it as a an L. Whoa! The shocking loss, but I just remember that they're absolutely dog shit, and Lubbock is like, I mean, it's going to be an empty stadium. Matt Wells is not made for this league. He's not made for this. You're right. It's a dub. So the cats are six and one. Cats are six and one. I have them as six and one. All right. Now it's the play for the purple game versus TCU, which was 100% the best trophy idea from our trophy game. I really do think that would be very cool if they had, like, if you win, you get the right to wear purple. Yeah. So so to kick it off, it'd be like we would wear our all whites at home, they would wear their blacks. Yeah. um, For this first one. Um, I have this, this is, this is my second L I have us losing. I, I think this is the balance back. I know you're not as much of a max Duggan guy. Um, I, I think, he, I think he's fine. I, I think he's better than, no, don't feel pressure. Do you? Um, I think he's better than Brock Purdy. I think he's, he's basically TCU's version of Skylar Thompson. I think he's disrespected by some of the fans. I think some media folks don't give him the credit. I have this as our loss. I think this is Gary Patterson's, you know, last good year. I think I, I have them going nine and three this year. Um, so I have them beating us. Well, fuck. Um, no, do you? Man? I'm keeping it as a dub. Good. And I don't, I'm not like down on Max Duggan. I, I think you're wrong in saying that. Why, my, my, I just have a like, he's, I think people think that he has a very high ceiling and I'm like, my thing is if he fulfills that, then TCU are going to be very good. And I think they will be in Arlington because Gary part Gary Patterson is very good when he has a quarterback that is competent and Max Duggan was fine last year, but he had a really rough year in terms of injuries. Um, we beat the piss out of him and going into the season, he had like a heart condition that, yeah, it was surgery and question mark if he was never, if he was even going to play. So he has a monkey um, heart now. It depends on if, if, if Mac, if Duggan is good, then TCU will immediately become contenders for me. But, you know, we've got their number and I think we will continue to have their number in Manhattan. And if we're six and one, boy, come on. Manhattan's going to be boiling. It is. I actually think that that this will go down as like one of the most infuriating losses in the history oh, no, no, no. of K State. No, 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 no. Cut it out. Sorry, sorry. It's it's my prediction. My prediction. <laughs> now it's time for the Sunflower Showdown, aka the Bronze Salamander game, aka keep John Brown the Salamander at home game at KU. Um, all right, here's my question because we both are going to say win. Is it by single digits? 10, 20, 30, or 40 points. I think it looks like last year. So it's going to be what? We won 59 to – what did we win last year? I don't even I don't know. It wasn't 59, was it? It's going to be over 30. I'll say it'll be over 30. So it'll be like a, a five-score game. We will absolutely dominate. So cats are eight and eight and one for me. Yeah, no, I lied. It was fifty-five <laughs> to fourteen. Uh, we definitely beat them. I'm actually going thirteen to say, straight. Yeah, well, it's definitely going to be thirteen straight. Um, Love it. But I'm going to say it's like under twenty. I'm going to say like we're up by like twenty-four, and we pull the guys, and Lance Leopold gets like two late touchdowns that ends up being like a thirteen-point game or something stupid like that. But 
we definitely win. And then KU fans are like, oh, shit, we're back. Um, okay, so versus West Virginia, do we get the monkey off our back? I feel like I have to pick a loss here, but I'm not going to. Um, West Virginia, we, we finally reversed the trend. They beat us five straight years. Um, Skyler, I don't think has ever been in part of a game where we've beaten them. So he he gets, that's the only team in the big 12. He's never beat. He gets the monkey off of his back. Um, I think that, you know, Neil Brown is a hell of a coach. Um, and they just seem to be, they just seem to really clash with how we want to play. Um, and they make things complicated defensively for us. So it's going to be tough, but I do think that we get that win. Um, and, uh, we're nine and one, nine and one. Yeah, I, I have us beating them. I, I have Skyler kind of getting his revenge, never beating them. Um, so I have that. So I have us at uh, eight and two right now uh, versus Baylor. Again, one of the most frustrating losses from last season. Terrible. Uh, do we get Matt, uh, Dave Aranda at home? I think they're going to be horrendous. Um, so, yeah, we win that game and we're 10 and one. <laughs> Ten fucking and one, baby. Only lost at number one, Oklahoma, at this time. I have us winning. Um, So what are we ranked? Sixth, fifth. What do you have us at? I'm ten and one. one. Only lost to OU. Ten and one. We're like six on the outside looking into the playoff. Uh, I have us with two losses, so we're like top fifteen, maybe right at fifteen. So then, and our losses are to. TCU, who's solid, Oklahoma, yes. who's like so, number one or yeah, two. number one at this point. And Chauncey is tired of this show. He's trying to like. We're getting just, there, Chauncey. We're getting there. You're, we're almost done, bud. He, you're a good boy. Okay, so then the uh, final game of the regular season, 11 a.m. Black Friday. And here's the thing, Mom. If you're listening, I'm going to tell you this right now. If we're in a position where where we could clinch a Big 12 championship game berth. Sorry, I'll have a turkey sandwich, uh, you know, Thursday morning. I'll watch the Charlie Brown special, the Mayflower with dad. But I'm getting in my car at noon and driving down to Austin, Texas, um, getting a Subway sandwich with D.Y. and the KSO boys down in, in Austin. Because I have to be there. If that I think it's safe to say that I will be in that car. Yeah, as well. if, if we have a chance to clinch a berth in the Big 12, I'm going to be there. Sorry, Mom. It'll be the first – 13 hour uh spotify green room podcast <laughs> it's a long fucking drive have you driven to austin before yes. it's from, it's from not a great drive no it it's, sucks it's not good it's not good and chauncey i think knocked out one of my contacts what a boy okay so 11 a.m big boy fox probably the last trip to austin uh for a big tour in your scenario we might have already clinched a big we're 10 and one we're 10 and one right for now. your scenario you're like we're on the outside looking into the playoffs we're 100 percent fifth at this point so yeah, so are we winning this or is the, or is this going to be something where uh we want to kill ourselves on this 13 hour drive back not this time not this time 11th win of the season I told you we have the magic. The stars are aligning this year. 11 and um, 1. My God. Texas, Texas, I think, is going to be the fourth, fifth best team this year. I don't believe in Sark. I don't think that they have a quarterback. Um, you know, they're solid. They're Texas, but I, th- I see seven wins in Texas's future. And one of those is not coming against Kansas State. So, Cats are 11 and 1 right now, and we're in fifth in the country. 
going to Arlington for a second time. Yeah, so we'll I have us here. I have us beating Texas as well. And I have us going to Arlington at 10 and 2, probably <laughs> like ninth, ninth in the country. Um, and then I guess since you know the next question is uh, what are your big 12 standings? Uh, who are the top two? So we're playing in the championship game. Just run me down from like 10 up to two if you have it. What does the big 12 standings um, look like? 10 to 2. 10 to 2. 10 Kansas, 9 Texas Tech, 8 Baylor, 7. Um, hmm. Fuck, that seven spot's tough. Seven, you know, I'm saying Oklahoma State. They fucking tank this year. Seven, Oklahoma State. Six, West Virginia. Five, Texas. Four, Iowa State. Three, TCU. Two, Kansas State. One, Oklahoma. Okay. Meet so one and two in Arlington. All right, hold on, because I, I I didn't do my home. I I I just want to make one. I didn't either. I didn't see this question, so I just totally came up with that. But I think it's reasonable. Four to seven in this conference is so like who the fuck knows what's going to happen there. But I do. I just told you, cats are going to be number two going into Arlington, looking in. On the college football playoff. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna have Oklahoma versus K State one two, and then ten up. I'm officially saying Texas Tech goes winless in the Big Twelve. KU beats Texas Tech. KU is ninth. I'm going Baylor eighth. I'm with you. I'm going Oklahoma State seventh. Going Iowa State sixth. West Virginia fifth. Texas fourth. TCU third. Cats second, Oklahoma first. Um, are either one of us going to go on the record? The official prediction. This is the official prediction. Yes, I'm going on the record as 11 and 1. Yes, and I'm oh, on the record oh, as 10 oh, and 2. Oh, yes. Here's what's going to happen in the Big 12 you're championship. You're picking us to win the Big 12 We go back to Arlington. For some reason, they bring back Musburger and Gary Danielson for that game. And the Cats get their revenge. We split with OU. Kleiman beats Riley three out of four year, four times. And guess what? We're, We're in the playoff. playoff. We're in the playoffs. <laughs> I'm not going to predict that. I'm going to predict a much closer game than game one. I, I think we lose by three possessions, uh, you know, 17 or more in the first game. I think we keep it around the, you know, eight to 10 point range. And I think that we then play in the Sugar Bowl. And I think we beat uh, Georgia. We beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Would love that. But and we didn't good taunt, enough, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, that would be also nice. Okay, so there it is. We're both. I'm predicting ten and two. Ten, actually, I guess eleven and three with the Sugar Bowl win. You have us. At, I'm going twelve uh, and one, and who knows what happens. Twelve and one in the playoffs, and who knows what else happens. Uh, I I'm on the record, and I think what I'm going to do a show later saying that K-State will be running it back with the 10, and I might be talking about possible <laughs> expansion candidates. I assume you're there, too. At this point, I, I don't think there's any scenario where we don't have at least one more season with the 10. Um, yes, I have point. next season. It's going to be the same conference. That's my guess. Okay. Well, perfect. That's where we are. Grant, you know, 11-1 Big 12 champs. I'm at 10-2 and two losing in Arlington. But, hey, those are our official predictions. This is my favorite show of the season for a reason. Optimism's high. We're both just buzzing. Can't wait for the Cats. We got four more shows coming to you guys this week. We got 
one more blitz month preview show uh grant with maybe a former player i don't know if anything's confirmed Tannehill. okay it's Tannehill. Travis Tannehill. he's been on almost every single blitz week slash month ever we're gonna have a what's next for the big 12 show where it's going to be me maybe going solo maybe getting someone else to join we're going to have our game preview show coming out on wednesday uh, i think that big 12 show will be tuesday or thursday depending on when grant gets travis Tannehill. and we'll be going live spotify green room wednesday night at 7 p.m we will publish that on the feed friday at 7 p.m folks bring your bosco's boys koozies to arlington grant when you record with travis make sure to mention that i want to see twitter filled with our bosco's boys koozies anyone listening it's probably too late unless you're leaving on friday um if you're leaving on friday you can shoot me a dm i might be able to get it to you before you go but everyone who's listening everyone who's going bring your koozies send us pictures can't wait i need that new hot koozie so okay. I'm going to have to have, have one sent to me or delivered to me on or given to me on Tuesday. Cause we're going to record together Tuesday in person for our Stanford preview. Um, folks it's here. It's it game. Week. Here. It's game. week. It's game week. Hashtag tweet it beat Stanford. Here we go. Meet me at the cat head. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel it coming on for Kansas State. The feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be with Kansas State. Come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the Podcast Network.